This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. What's the flavor of your home? I've posed this question to podcast guests over the years because it's a rich portal into someone's life. Flavor is the best metaphor. It can capture the taste or the ingredients native to a place, or it can describe the emotions, the tone, or the vibe of life. A life that might be hot, sour, salty, or sweet. Or sometimes it's umami, dark and savory. When we're honest with this question, the best flavors emerge. Welcome to the Food Podcast Side Dishes, a Village Soundcast Network mini-series where we celebrate the flavor of home. Today, it's the flavor of my home, prompted by an anniversary, an old typewriter, and a little sheep barn. Coming to you live from the Atlantic Podcast Summit 2020, I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson. Last summer, I took a workshop at a farm in New Hampshire. It wasn't like anything I've done before. The intention wasn't to learn a skill or craft. Instead, we were taught how to spark creativity within ourselves. We, the students, sat at tables in a barn beside windows overlooking chickens free-ranging on the grass. Each day, the instructor, textile artist Sandra Brownlee, would lead with a theme, either a poem, a photograph, or a passage spoken aloud to spark something within. It was a tight but gentle curriculum that allowed us just to float along, paying attention to what resonated. And when something sparked, we'd respond on paper with watercolor, needles and thread, textured paper, gesso, scissors, paintbrushes, anything we felt drawn to. In my case, it was a typewriter. The keys echoed through the little sheep barn. The tap, tap, ding drowned out the buzzing cicadas and the small sounds of art made by my fellow workshop participants. Dipping paintbrushes, the scratch of pen on thick paper, the crunch of chairs on gravel. But they said they don't mind the taps and dings. Analog sounds soothed them. So I carried on, tapping away. I was writing a letter to my husband. I didn't plan on this. It's just what emerged from my fingers. You can't fight creativity. You have to let it flow. So there I was, just a few weeks shy of our 20th anniversary, thinking about us and the flavor of our home. That is what a typewriter in a sheep barn will do. The letter went like this. Dear James, you bought me a typewriter the third Christmas we were married. You knew I loved old typewriters, the sound, the look, the font. So on a wet Sunday in early December, you secretly took the bus north to that quirky typewriter shop in Finchley. You chose a gray Italian Olivetti typewriter. It came in a blue suitcase, which you hid under our bed. That Monday morning, you proudly told a colleague about your purchase. She was appalled. She peered over her glasses in a way that made it apparent that this was the least enticing Christmas gift you could give your new wife and said, matter of fact, you're going to want to top that up. She suggested to pop over to Agent Provocateur, a local lingerie shop. You turned pink, but agreed. My exposure to Agent Provocateur was through a TV ad featuring Kylie Minogue in a black lace bra and matching garter belt riding a velvet mechanical bull. 
I know you hadn't seen this ad. It came on in the evenings on British TV, and you were never home before 11. Our London days were so different. I bicycled every day to my job at a cookbook shop. I was home by 7. You took the bus into the city and worked late. I woke up Saturday mornings bright-eyed and ready for the borough market. You were too tired to speak. But we always bought something to braise on weekend afternoons. Lamb, beef, pork, it didn't matter. Just something that you can tend to as you relaxed, regrouped, and fed the both of us. This was before I knew the difference between loneliness and solitude. I wrote a lot in my journal then, often about feeling alone for the first time in a city packed with people. But you craved being alone. You craved solace. You, the introvert, and me, the extrovert, finding a middle ground over a steaming bowl of stew. As I rode, my mind went to my home, to the boys, to our cottage by the ocean, and the smell of cut grass and salt. I thought of the jagged pace of my life and how I wanted it to be smoother. Soon priorities began to percolate and settle in a clear, aspirational line. Family, good food, organization, simplicity, fresh air, moving slower, and love. Agent Provocateur was only a block from your office. You walked over on your lunch break with a printout in hand of something you had found on their website. Anything to eliminate the embarrassment of flicking through racks. I would later learn that this is the way I felt in a fly fishing shop when buying gifts for you. Waiters, flies, rods and reels are everywhere with only that grumpy older man behind the desk to help. Luckily for you, a woman bounded over who looked remarkably like Kylie Minogue. She smiled when you handed over your printout, now dented with the imprint of your sweaty hand, and weaved her way through the velvety room illuminated by a swirling disco ball. Soon Kylie was back, holding a lacy, bouncy thing and the tiniest matching undies you had ever seen. She wrapped the ensemble in the signature soft pink box and finished it off with a thick black ribbon. You hid the box next to the typewriter and waited. On Christmas morning, I unpacked a beautiful gray Italian Olivetti. I was thrilled. You knew me and my love of nostalgia and storytelling. That's all I wanted for Christmas, the romance of being seen. Remember later that night when my cousin Claire and her husband Dave came over for dinner? You roasted a duck and we pulled the kitchen table into the living room so we could eat next to the tree. At some point during the meal, Claire reached down picked up the thong from the pink box laying under the tree and used it to secure her ponytail. James bought you a scrunchie, she said, delighted. Our story, beginning with those early years of marriage in London, flowed through my fingers onto the typewriter keys. And as I typed, the picture grew clearer. He was figuring out how to love me and I wanted to be loved. But now, all these years later, I wanted to work on loving him. There in that sheep barn, as we made art, walked, read and reflected, that is what I learned about myself. And from there, with this clarity, my creativity flowed. On the night of our 20th anniversary, I hung a white sheet over the fence in our garden. I borrowed a projector from a friend and set it up on the white tablecloth beside the cutlery and wine glasses. You served your famous pad thai and I lit candles. 
and when the sun set, I projected your favorite movie, Top Gun, across the garden. This is the flavor of our home. Our kids now add salt and sweetness with a dark kick of umami from time to time. But they know when to slip away, like that night in the garden when Maverick and Goose soared through the sky and I wore a lacy scrunchie in my hair. Love, Lindsay. What's the flavor of your home? We'd love to hear. I'm on Twitter at The Food Podcast and Instagram at Lindsay Cameron Wilson or at The Food Podcast. You can find links to what we've mentioned in our show notes over at thefoodpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Lindsay Cameron Wilson. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.